yes, hallelujah, brethren. Glory to God. And how is everybody doing tonight? <laughs> Taking heavenly flight and glory light. All right. Tight. Fight the good fight of faith and win and no longer sin because Christ is within. Hallelujah. Fight of faith. Fighting the good fight of faith. <laughs> That's the fight for the realm of faith. What is the realm of faith? Well, you could say Shekinah, the glory, the realm of glory. But really, the whole realm of the sapphire stones is the realm of faith. And in that realm, you go faith to faith. How? By going sapphire stone to sapphire stone, which is called going glory to glory. So the new covenant is written on tablets of hearts and minds. The Old Testament was written on external stones. The New Testament is written upon your hearts and minds. But notice it has to be written on tablets even in the New Testament. There's an inscription of the Word of God upon the tablets of your spirit. What is a spiritual tablet? I got an iPad in there. Yeah. And you got a cloud. <laughs> Probably needs updated. I haven't checked in a while. <laughs> With one million kajillion <laughs> Googleplex of memory. My spirit and my heart's iPads probably need updated. <laughs> Infinite memory of God. Is it a generic? You. Is it the iPad or like the generic brand like tablet? <laughs> it's a Kindle. It's a Kindle Fire. <laughs> it's a book with many books inside of it. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and so I found that the upgrade of the Word of God is all based on it being written upon the spirit, soul, and mind. But you have to understand the upgrade of the Word of God. Jesus said his resurrection came about by eating his Father's will like bread. So there's a rising through eating into the table of the Lord. Table of the Lord begins where? Milk. Milk, which means a little baby, born again baby, drinks milk. What's solid meat for the mature? It's solid. It means your spirit is solidified to eat the solid meat of the word. It's not written in the same realm. It's in a higher realm. It's the sapphire stones. We shall begin to walk on sapphire stones as the word of God solidifies in our spirit, transfigures our soul, transfigures our body. Your bodies won't be able to get sick. Who is it? Mystics of old, they put bubonic plague on their hands. John G. Lake is his name. They put bubonic plague on a man's hand and under a microscope, they watched it disintegrate and die. Because the glory kills sin, which is disease. Sin and disease are the same words in Old Testament and New Testament. Where there is sin, there is disease. Where there is cleansing of sin, cleansing of leprosy, there is cleansing from disease. What's the gospel do? Cleanse lepers. What is leprosy? We don't have much leprosy in America. We got COVID. But we actually do. Leprosy is the sin 
of the mouth. So if you sin with your mouth, you put yourself at strife with God. You know, the Bible says that anyone whose words are not in agreement with the Holy Spirit is warring against God, Romans 8. Most people who are filled with lies war against God their entire life. The way of the transgressor is not easy, it is written. But my yoke is easy, my burden is light, it is written. What is that? Agreeing with the word as the angels write it upon your heart. So, the Bible says that the law was given through angels. Acts 7, it is written. Do you know that the new covenant law, the law of liberty in Christ Jesus, is also administered by angels? The Messiah said, at the end of the age, the workers, which are scribes, that will write the word upon your hearts and minds, will be angels. So there's no growing without heaven and its workers imparting into you the exact same system of words that are written in God's heart and God's mind. Amen. We want you to be healthy and be in good health and prosper, even as your soul is in good health and prospers. How? By sanctification. On sapphire stones, it's obedient to the sapphire stones. The word that comes down from above, which is, first of all, pure. Pure against what? Against, usually, false love. False Christian love. Lust disguised as something else. Lust disguised as purity, usually. But, you know, you don't have to just look up, you know, go back in a time machine to watch things go down with the bubonic plague and John G. Lake. It's good to do your homework and, and check your history, but let's take a look in modern times. Sapphire stones and the COVID-19 uh, COVID virus. Really interesting testimony from walking on sapphire stones uh, from the height of the sun, or you could say Tiferet of the tree of Asaya. When I was standing on that rung in that sapphire stone, I had an opportunity to be around a lot of people that had COVID. And so I, I was around people that had COVID and it couldn't touch me. It couldn't touch me from there. When you overcome false love, that's one of the keys to overcoming and cursing that virus off the face of the earth. First out of the face of this earth, earth and vessel. And I knew this would work. I told someone else who was going to be exposed to COVID to listen carefully to everything I told them and believe exactly what I said and it wasn't going to touch them, and it worked. So what did I want to do? I wanted to prove. I took a drinking glass of someone with COVID-19, and I drank it from their glass right in front of them. Why? To prove that on the sapphire stones, that was not going to touch or harm the vessel. Why? Because it's the truth against false love. The false love is the plague, it's the disease. COVID is just one of the many faces, one of the many wicked devices of Satan in this world to attack, to steal, to kill, and destroy humans, but most especially believers. So how do you arm yourself? I know those things are coming to a close, but you know they come in waves of attacks. What is your best defense against? Sickness, disease, demonically inspired, 
man-made viruses. Walk on sapphire stones. Get into the sun of righteousness. It's not because we do one thing or another thing. By grace, grace that causes you to rise into the sapphire stones, into the sun. That's your protection. And as long as you stay in that narrow path, and you'll learn as you go up the temptations to get you to go side, the left or the right, you quickly learn through experience that it's obedience to the will of God and purity of the path of righteousness and holiness. They're the shield. Holiness, we're an invincible shield. So you hold tight to it and never let go. Amen. Amen. Some nice rarefied air today, huh? It's a sweet glory tonight, yeah. You feel that fire burning. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Where is the cake in the heavens, in case you were wondering? It's in the sun. Just in case anyone was wondering where that cake was. You know, there's always that one person at the wedding party looking for the cake. Forget about the dancing, forget about everything else. Just show me where that cake is. I know they got it. <laughs> I want to edge slice a good piece from the side with lots of frosting. <laughs> yeah. It's in the sun. You'll find it. Exquisite glory. Speaking of weddings, I thought it's really interesting. The Jewish history and tradition of mystical and true Jewish weddings, not kind of the watered down, you know, every religion has their more belief and more levels of unbelief, but the real Jewish mystics, when they would get married, the wedding was always a reenactment of the sapphire stones. The marriage of the sun and the moon Tiferet and Shekinah. And the bridegroom, the man in the wedding getting married, actually represented Metatron. And the wife represented this garment of glory. A garment of glory that Shekinah, bright glory, fully purified, fully filled with pure light. Totally cleansed. That union of that glory that transformed Enoch, a man, into a head over angel armies. From lower than angels to over the angels. From a simple man. into a terrifying being of light that could make even angels tremble. I think it's a pretty cool wedding theme, don't you? <laughs> what kind of wedding theme? What colors are you going with? Well, we were going with the Enoch transfiguration into Metatron 
Shekinah Blazing Glory theme this year for them. What napkin colors? <laughs> the groom representing Metatron. Isn't that cool? In their traditions, a wife is actually a garment. A garment of light. Now you might say, oh, that sounds strange, or that sounds like some kind of misogynist agenda, or some kind of old religious garbage. No, it's not just like a t-shirt, obviously, but a glorious garment. The intention of taking that woman from man and presenting her to him beautifully. It's not good that man be alone, he said. But traditionally, she represented a garment. A bright, glory garment to adorn the man, to bless the man. And even instinctually in our fallen cultures, you can see remnants of that. Hell, take a look. In any country, especially the first world countries, whenever you see a president, there's always the importance of the selection of the first lady, who their wife is going to be, who's going to be beside them. Why is there so much importance placed on what type of woman is beside a man given power? Every society, every community instinctively understands this. Here's another manifestation. Uh, male to male pride and jealousy. You see that all over the place. Now, when a man of stature, whether it's rank, power, money, influence, whatever, generational wealth, when you see these head of the household male figures, and they have a wife with them that is either considered to be influential, or capable, or beautiful, or all of the above, when, they, when other men see a man with that, they're almost always automatically either going to be jealous of that, and that happens all the time. All you have to do is live a male life for just a few days and you notice it, right? Or just look around. So either the reaction is to be jealous of that or without even realizing it, it might be subconscious, they might respect him more for it. They'll say, well, here's a man with influence and, and power and they have a, a nice family or the wife is capable and they have, you know, the kids act in a certain way. It changes the way they view them because that wife is a garment to that man which instinctively even in the animal soul they understand that it's a reflection of the man it adds value in the eyes of the seen and the unseen now we're talking about these things we're talking about the marriage to the glory in the epistles, you'll find when they write, but we're talking about a deeper mystery here. We're talking about male and female. We're talking about husband and wife. But all that represents is a deeper glory, a deeper mystery of our union with God. Wearing glory garments. And the intention, what God has intended to give to you, believers in Christ, rising in righteousness, is the glorification of the male 
and the female. That the male adds value to the female, the female adds value to the male. That both work together as one. There's a restoration of original design that annihilates the jealousy, the envying, and the strife. And you see when you walk in righteousness, when you begin to rise up into holiness, even within the marriage, you see the cease, the ceasing or the end of strife in the marriage. You start to see instead of wife jealous of husband or husband jealous of wife, whenever there's increase, there's the two are one. Whatever, however radiant his garment becomes, it makes him shine all the more. However strong and radiant he becomes, it makes her shine all the more. And so it's this upward spiral path of revelation light that you start to work together like two eagles ascending. Now what about, you're like, oh, what if I don't have a spouse and that's not me? Or You do this with, you know God, you know Christ as your husband, or the Holy Spirit as your wife, and you start to practice that. And you start to walk in righteousness and holiness. He prepares you for that person that he desires to put into your life. And if you've started, the two of you maybe started and neither of you was walking in righteousness, you must be extremely open in communication and willing to let go of who you thought that each other was from the previous years. Even if you've been married for 50 years, even if you've been married for 20 years, five years, one year, whatever. Who you were yesterday and in days and years past, that person is no longer going to exist. So you walk into that relationship understanding that who you are married to is going to be a different person the next day. The next day after that, the, the amount of time that we're making up right now is about five years progress in one month. We have a confirmation on that. It's about five years progress in one month. So instead of, oh, I'm a different person than I was five years ago, it's going to be that much different, depending on how fast we're going up within the shorter time frame. So what that is, is you help each other break boxes so that the new person, the new creature, is allowed to come up and shine through both people without it being attacked, without it being, well, I just thought this is who they were. You stay open and you learn to shine and make each other shine. And what that does is it opens up the heavens in your personal lives to bless your finances, to bless your relationship, to bless your family, and to bless everyone in your sphere of influence and the whole mountain of God, the whole body of believers. Every one of your breakthroughs adds to that updraft or that fire, that wind, or that fire that breaks through. It adds that updraft. Think about like a hot air balloon going up, up, more flame, more fire, more fire on the altar. I feel a fire coming out of my head as we're talking about it. To rise, and you all rise together. 
And so we're talking about drastic changes sometimes in short periods of time. So you must give each other, your friends, your spouse, your every you know, your community grace because you understand these are going to be very different people even in the coming days and the coming weeks and the coming months than you've ever known them to be. And it's the formation of the personality of Christ. It's multifaceted, multidimensional, and that person is going to have their own unique set of those qualities of Christ formed in them. So it'll be a unique personality. It'll be their own thumbprint, but it will all be a partaker. They'll be a partaker of the divine nature. And so we're just, you have to let go of old wineskins. If that wineskins have coming off of your spouse or your kids or your friends, especially your friends in the glory, if that wine old one is coming half off of them, don't try to help them patch it back on. Like, what are you doing? Who are you? You know, let it go. Let it go off of yourself and let it go off of others. You're smashing, dashing to pieces those old boxes like pottery. The old you will not exist anymore. So we will walk with him in white. What is white? It is light. What is light? Psalm says, the entrance of your word gives light. So it's the word written as your skins or garments and clothing, which is the bridal garments. They say, well, this person got in without wearing the marriage garments. What were they not wearing? Complete agreement with the spirit word. They had disagreements. There wasn't a unity or an agreement with what God believes. They came in with their own opinions, self-stubbornness, their own doctrines and teachings of Christianity. Listen, guys, we're coming into such a unity. How? Because the master, the rabboni, the teacher, Jesus Christ, has teaching that people agree with at a high enough level that they all wear his teachings as his their clothes. The teachings of Messiah become the clothing of the bride. Now, what is a bride? We can say in the realm of the natural, it's when husband and wife get married. You know, in the realm of heaven, it's completely different. In the realm of heaven, it's you marrying the word. It is angelic versus animal. And the difference is so contrary, it's only likened to symbolism at best. Because what you're changing into is the full exact likeness of the divine out of something that is completely fallen. As you were speaking, I heard the Spirit say, make room for divinity in your relationships. If five years will accelerate in one month for those going from glory to glory, you have to make room for divinity. The truth is, most of you have never known even your spouses in light. You've known them in gray matter. What's gray matter? Religious mixture. You're born again, but your mind's not renewed to the full light of God the Father in heaven. What's not a brilliance of a brightness through your brain, like a bright morning star or the rainbow round about his head in Revelation, which is the mind of Christ. It's actually extraordinary to find anyone that's even going after the mind of Christ at a biblical level. We have a doctrine understanding of it, we know it's the truth, we read it in a book, 
but going after it requires ascension into a type of being that's no longer human. Notice it's called the mind of Christ, and Christ is God, maker of heaven and earth. He's the creator of all angels. He's the commander of archangels. Who has that mind? Who has God's thoughts as the very crown of their brain all the time? And they never lie, and they only speak the truth of the Father, and everything they speak is created out of their very mouth as a temple of the Holy Spirit. So, everything will change rapidly as the people ascend into the glory garments, in agreement with the Word, speaking a vocabulary that is far higher than anything they've spoken before. Transformation always requires a different communication. The heavens pour forth speech. When you are Christians in the earth, you are technon, infants in Christ. As you rise from the dead, you become weos, mature ones, and the heavens will pour forth speech from you in a new elevation. That's what transfigures you. Each degree of glory is a different vocabulary. In the lower realms, everyone's leprous. You're born with the curse of the fall. You're born leprous. You have to learn how to talk. No one is born in the realm of the natural learning how to talk. You notice that? Maybe six months old, eight months old, it's still goo goo gaga. What's his first word gonna be? Well, when you're born again, you don't know how to talk at all either. It's a bunch of gibberish. Nothing you say is even true, usually for years, until the heavens pour forth speech. Because man and woman, or born again child, has not yet learned wisdom, which is killing beasts, mixing wine, preparing feasts, which is a new presentation out of a different realm where God dwells. So when you begin to ascend to God through the Word of God, wearing the garments of God, which is the light within the Word, everything about you changes. Now, you can always tell a person transfiguring if you listen to them, There's a different speech. There's a faith behind the words. It's not just jibber-jabber like the pagans. What did Jesus Christ say to the pagans? They just babble on. Babble on. All they do is talk, 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 but there's no actual faith behind their words, which is creative power. They just open their mouths and puke every time they speak, and that's exactly what it is. A dog returning to their vomit is someone speaking faithless words. Because it's what is vomit? Something that pours forth from the mouth if the mouth is not connected to the head. Okay? Out of your heart, your mouth speaks. Well, is your heart circumcised, attached to the head of the body that's Jesus Christ? Or is it just dog vomit down here on the earth and everyone eating dog vomit? You go around, you know, a Christian who's not circumcised of heart is just releasing vomit. Christians have a diet of vomit, as you read in the final quest. They thought the urine and the feces of the demons was the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Want to know how bad the standard in the charismatic church is? It's that. It's eating vomit. Mm -hmm. When you ascend into higher realms, you have to learn how to eat a higher angelic word. You have to... This standard does not exist in the world. People will eat literally anything out there that they think sound doctrine. The masses in Christianity eat terrible terrible food. I don't care how charismatic you think it is. We need to learn how to feast on the inside Christ in you. Eat his flesh, drink my blood, and let it change your speech. So when you when you speak, it's creative. When you speak, 
there's a sword that goes forth from your mouth towards your children, and you don't even have to raise your voice because it comes from the throne of God in you. A people intimate with Jesus, did you know me? That's the only question he asked on Judgment Day, if you read the Bible. Only one question, did you know me? The word know there means intimately on the inside of your spirit. Did you ever awaken to the throne of the Lamb and the throne of the Father in your own spirit? Or was it always outside your soul something you could do in your own human nature? He will say, depart from me, I don't know you. We want you to know him. Return to your first love, it is written. What does that mean? Return to the place where he planted the first seed of faith when you were born again. And begin to garden your heart. Begin to till the soil. Begin to make room for divinity. Begin to change into garments of glory and light and begin to speak a different word. So a sower sows seed. What does that mean? Every time you open your mouth, it is for garden works. What is the evidence of the resurrection Jesus Christ in the Bible? Gardener, which means he was pouring forth a different speech. When he walked with his disciples along the way and their hearts burned within them, what was he doing? Illuminating the scriptures inside their spirit. Did our hearts not burn? He was illuminating his word inside their spirit. What does that mean? He was changing his disciples' clothes. You were wearing the clothes of the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. Now you're going to wear the clothing of the New Covenant. What is it? The Word of God. It's the Word, the Torah, the teaching of Jesus Christ that fulfills Moses. And I tell you the truth, we've had forerunners demonstrate a little bit of what those garments look like. But truly, maturity and the manifest sons of God that destroy all the works of the devil and the curse of the fall and consume death as the last curse to be swallowed up in victory have not yet appeared. They shall appear in a twinkling of an eye, which means a renewing of the mind with a different light spectrum, spectrum twinkling through their very skulls, their eyes, their renewed mind. Heaven will pour forth through your brains. Isn't that what the hope of transfiguration is? That's what the Bible says. Romans 12, 2, be constantly transfigured in the renewing of your brain. Until what? Until we see the light of the teachings of Messiah illuminating your face. An illuminated face, a person that is shining forth in the Shekinah of the throne of God through all the heavens and their earthen vessel is someone that has a complete mind that fully believes and walks in what Jesus Christ said. We often say it is written, but is it walked in? That is what's happening. You're learning to walk in what is written. Christ's walk is perfection. And you have a down payment of the abilities of that walk inside every word from Scripture. What is Scripture? Scripture is an impartation in seed form of the ability of God's own walk in heaven. So when God's word goes into your spirit, it's the ability to walk into heaven. And so the word illumines the path. The Bible says that your light is a light unto my path. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. What kind of feet? What kind of path? The one upward in the resurrection through the stars. The Bible clearly says they walk into the moon. 
They get clothed in the sun. Then you see the angels standing on the sun. They walk into the sun. And there is pavement, sapphire pavement, paved out in this final exodus into the heavenlies. And all of you will walk into the heavens by simply hearing the word. Okay? What does the Bible say? Their hearts burned. What was the burning? The burning of the word of God, the light of the Shekinah, of God's own Son, manifesting the path before them. Notice the scriptures say, as we walked with him. Now we could say this walk was just the road to Emmaus. It was just a road in the Middle East. It was just a, a road on earth. It was not just a road on earth. Every word from the resurrected Messiah's mouth was paving an ascension into their hearts. It was putting blueprint into them to ascend into a higher existence with the angels. For that is why the new covenant is called perfect. Hebrews calls the new covenant perfection. Have we stepped into it? Absolutely not. Most of us don't even have a clue what that means. We are going to demonstrate progressively, as we wrestle out our humanity, the perfection of the new covenant. What is it going to look like, guys? Exactly like Jesus Christ. Bob Jones used to call it, an army of Jesus Christ is Joel's army. I remember when I first heard that, I was mildly offended and irritated. Oh, I don't know about that, Bob Jones, you freak. No, I tell you the truth. You didn't receive a word from a lesser God, but God's own word himself. And if that word is produced in you, you ain't going to have a lesser walk than the Messiah. Isn't it written that he might have many brothers and sisters that he's not ashamed of? And he is not the only one raised from the dead, but the firstborn amongst many, many like him. So how do we become like him? You have to listen. Listening is the key. Is it written here what the Spirit says? If you can't hear, there's no possibility of walking with Him. Those whose ears are shut and are listening to a different voice always betray Him. What is betrayal? Not listening. Not listening, no longer paying attention, no longer caring the content of His Word. I've heard this teacher before. Listen, man, there's a preciousness, there's a tenderness in hearing the word, not hardening in your heart. The scriptures remain the same forever. Heaven and earth pass away, but your word never changes, which means there needs to be a tender-heartedness to listening fresh and anew the word of God. Amen. And that will make you sensitive to grow. Notice, if someone sows seed in a field, they say, oh, well, you know, I've already had that kind of seed for tomatoes and for strawberries and for corn. We want some other different kind of seed. Notice that the seed remains the same for the type of fruit. For how long? Forever. <laughs> if you wanted corn 2,000 years ago, you got to plant corn seed. No one's saying, well, we're done with corn today. No more corn seed. It's like with the Word of God. It's like with Genesis. We're done with Genesis. No We've more Genesis. We've had corn for hundreds of years. We're doing something else now. And you have to have that mentality. And so wisdom is a tender-heartedness towards the same seed, knowing that its fruit will be more divinity. Same God. If you get sick of the seed, it just means you no longer want that God. You go off into some other God, which is always a demon spirit. Let's be real. 
You could never have enough strawberries. <laughs> there could never be enough strawberries in the garden. I mean, strawberries on strawberries. The different kind of strawberries, the ones that grow from those little bush hanging things. You know when they have the like real popular reels with the bunnies eating them? You know what I'm talking about. And then the little, short little strawberry plants, the traditional ones with the straw around them. Giant strawberries, man. Huge strawberries, the size of your body. Mm. So. And strawberries represent healing, which is the healing of our humanity, our sinful nature, and our souls and our flesh, and a reprogramming of the seed of the Word of God, His divinity. Most believers right now, the reason why there's a confusion, a disobedience, and a lack of hearing is because of the mixture of the human seed with the divine seed. That's where people are at. So you have to do a seed war inside yourself to not have a mixture of seed lines. Mm. There can be no human seed growing mm. in your spirit. Mm -hmm. That little mixture leavens the whole lump. Jesus Christ was teaching seed. Okay? Yeast is a seed. Mm. Mustard seed. Jesus Christ taught all the time in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John of seeds. Because it was an understanding, illumining people's minds to the value of words that they're allowing to germinate in their spirit. The path and the light and the resurrection and the ascension on sapphire stones is a certain specific seed. If you mix it with other seeds, even other ministries, you will never find the way. And that's why people after 10 years even though they're listening to the sons of God, they have all these other seeds growing in them. What did Jesus Christ say about other seeds? An enemy has done this. People say, only you? No, only Jesus' seed. And any person that has that seed will raise you up to where he is at the right hand of God in glory. And if that is not your experience, it's because you've allowed other seed to grow in your spirit and it chokes out the word of God, nullifying its power. What power? The power to rise. Rise from what? Death and sin and fallen angel words and human beings' words, human beings' doctrines, human beings' belief systems. And so you're stuck still in the curse of the fall in the earth, which is the valley of death, instead of raised up into the heights of heaven, living in continuous angelic ecstasy and glory with constant signs and wonders and the most exciting, adventurous things happening in your divine life every moment. Why don't most believers have that adventurous, perfect walk of Jesus Christ? Only one reason. There is other seed working in you, and you have not yet tilled the soil. I have a special impartation here for you. I've actually seen and experienced a fire that burns out the bad seed because the good seed is fireproof. When it comes to the holy fire of God, the baptism of fire, I've seen these seeds inside myself where there were two kinds of seeds. And I didn't, it was too heartbreaking the thought of watching them grow up together to maturity and then the tares being taken out. First of all, I didn't want to spend that much time developing wrong seed. Second of all, it was too heartbreaking. And then third, I didn't know what to do about it, so I consulted the Holy Spirit, I consulted God about it, and I asked him, what are we going to do about these bad seeds? That, you know, he opened my eyes to see them, and he showed me his fire. And so it was like this cloud, it was like a cloud full of fire. And that cloud, 
you just open up and let that cloud and thank you father let that cloud of this experience of word go in and burn up just receive it burn up with that glory cloud it was invisible fire it was an invisible cloud i can see it's covering my eyes again right now it's all it's everywhere i can see it it's white fire it's here i can see it not how i normally see it in the invisible but i see it like the color white now so it's starting to come out more in in physical vision so we're in that cloud right now i can see it let it be released to you at home too just open up your arms like this open your hands and just say i receive it i receive, I receive it, it. Fire. the chaff with unquenchable fire and every bad seed those are those bad seeds are not fireproof to this kind of fire let it go through all the soil and burn out all those seeds, whether they're in seed form or germinating, or if they're already growing growing as tares, let them be burnt out and let the wheat and the good seed not be harmed and not be touched. These are kingdom works. You will no longer have to wait for it to grow both side by side in maturity. This is a, this is a kingdom work of sapphire stones. It's the glory. It's his fire baptism. Thank you, Father, for it. All the seed in our mind, all the seed in our heart, all the seed in our bowels of compassion and our spirit. Let it burn. Yes. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> the engravings of God, of sapphire stones, those are the seed. Those are the seeds you want. He writes this word with fire. Like a flaming <laughs> pen. Jesus Christ said, I've come to bring fire. Oh, how I wish it was already kindled. Why? To burn up the enemy's seed. What is it? All the lies that bring the delusion upon the mind. You know, lies are magic spells. You know that? Lie is a magic art. It's a seed. It's the ability to create darkness. So a human being creates their own darkness through lying. What is lying? Witchcraft. Isn't that truly the, the root of witchcraft is simply lies. Father of lies, father of magic arts, father of sorcery. That's all the enemy does. That's why there's confusion. And so Jesus's heart in the Bible was to burn up the ability of lies. The spirit of truth will be a raging fire in these days. And it's going to torture and torment those who love the lie. Revelation says outside the city gates are those who love the lie. Do not harm the trees until they are sealed in their forehead. What's being sealed? Genesis 1.11. So glad you asked. So God said, let the earth sprout tender vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees, bearing fruit according to limitu consistent with their kind, whose seed is in them upon the earth. And it was so, which is God's creation. Now, if God created all men as trees, what kind of fruit does he expect? Good fruit? Bob Jones was astonished when he saw that the only thing man could bring God was his fruit from what? Trees. So, uh, wisdom is known by her children. What is children? Fruit. Which means that what kind of fruit comes from your ministry? Is it something God can eat? Yeah. Is it something God can drink and delight in and rejoice in? Is it after his original design of 
is fruit-bearing trees of Genesis 1.11, or is it some constructed thing in your own vain imagination? I mean, is it really God? That's why Scripture says, test everything in fire. What are you testing? You're testing the seed. So the angels already have the commandment to seal the forehead of anything that's of the seed-bearing tree of righteousness in the Garden of Eden. That's safe and secure. Why? Because the angels obey his word, it is written. What's not safe? Wood, hay, stubble. Notice it says wood in scripture. And the believer's rewards will come forth through fire, silver, gold, and gemstone at the burning of wood, hay, and stubble. Wood is of a tree and of a fruit kind. As you learn how to perfectly bring forth God's fruit and you bring it before him, like Cain and Abel, and you will have all kinds of stuff and junk in your life rejected, and you don't get offended with all the pride of Cain and go the way of the devil. You just be like, I need to learn a sacrifice that God receives. That's how you become a better priest. If a person can't handle rejection, they'll never even be a level one priest, let alone Jesus Christ, a high priest, because all kinds of stuff, in fact, the entire human being and its ability and its teachings is rejected. It is not accepted, it's rejected. The altar is for all the human being and its trees and its seed and its kind and its fruitfulness. Galatians 5, all flesh, which is sorcery, witchcraft, uh, drunkenness, debauchery, the magic arts, everything that defiles and is unclean. God's prepared an altar for what? To burn it, incinerate. Oh, I have brought fire to burn all those trees. Burning the groves of Samael and Lilith and all their offspring in the universe, in Jesus' name, so that you have this whole world as a tree of life. Now, the new covenant is an impartation for the tree of life was on both sides of the river, which means you have the ability to bring forth the Garden of Eden through your invisible spirit now, through faith. That's how you're saved. What is salvation? Hearing a seed and letting it bear forth the fruit of light inside your spirit. So it saves your spirit. If you were to die today, you know you fly away to be with God in heaven. The angels are waiting. Now, how about we learn to fly today and bring heaven to earth to fulfill Matthew 6? We do that through fruit-bearing trees. How high do these trees go of God's own seed line? Let's just say they consume the second heavens. For the leaves of the tree that consumes the second heavens, the Bible says, is the healing of all nations, which is the Greek word DNA, or genetics, races, nations, which means there won't be any corruption in nations. There won't You won't have that prone tendency towards sin and weakness. How many of y'all know the impulses of the flesh and the, the mortification and the deadening of the flesh will be automatic because it doesn't exist even at a seed level? The Bible says the future does not have sin in it. Why? Because a person learns how to be a priest, burns every other seed, and bears forth God's original fruit from Genesis 1.11. In Jesus' name, garden works. Yeah. The, high, the grace of going higher is you feel it less and less. The higher you go. It's instead of like a over... When you're down on the earth in the sand, it's like the overwhelming impulse. It's just like... It, it consumed, it's already consumed your senses and it feels like a fight to resist. You have to be willing to fight in those early days. And as you confront things, you have to be willing to fight. You have to be willing to be uncomfortable. You have to be willing to be disciplined and to discipline yourself. And, uh, but as you go higher, the grace of that rising 
it's more it starts to feel like more like a far off kind of a distant like it just seems like so more far below and it's much easier to reject it and you constantly deaden it there's a revelation that comes when you're pruning those electric connections in your body from a visual or emotional uh, stimulus that comes into your ears or your eyes or your heart like feelings those things that would stimulate the evil impulse of the flesh you don't like that connection as you start to deaden it there's a revelation of that connection being pruned to where it almost it's, it's pruned and pruned and every time you choose to deaden it instead of pleasure it it, it gets more deadened and deadened and so if you just make it a habit to start doing that just ignore it fight it prune it and when you get that revelation from that experience every single time it ever fires off like from a neuron through the spirit that's connected with your body every time you prune and deaden that it lessens and lessens so it's almost just like it get, it's very it, it's it gets easier and easier so don't be discouraged if at first in the beginning you have to really fight that's normal right so unless you know you do whatever it takes like we talked about the other day the spirit had mentioned that you know we haven't or you haven't uh, resisted sin to the point of shedding blood i've resisted sin to the point of shedding my own blood a few times that's true so i can i can say that it was on a ton of blood sometimes it was quite a bit of blood but uh, <laughs> there's a couple times there's a lot of blood but um if you haven't even resisted sin to the point of shedding your own blood understand as like you know we'll have you tied your hands to a your post by your prayer mat for 20 minutes until it passes did you try calling you know your friend or your grandma you know before you gave into temptation did you you know install anti-pornographic software and i really hate when people make fun of people installing anti you know pornographic software and things like that because here's the thing if you are still even impulsed by what people say to you and emotions you know especially for women or in the eyes if anything triggers that lust of the flesh or lust of the eyes in you you actually don't have any right to make fun of anyone who uses things like you know anti-porn software or you know help like an accountability friend things like that because it's actually noble and honorable if someone is very weak in areas of temptation whether it's you know sexual things that's a big one that's you know the enemy tried to put almost all their eggs in one basket with that one most of the time it comes down to sexuality a lot of times with women's sexuality it's more masked uh, and it's of an emotional thing and it triggers a sexual impulse so it ha usually it has to do with like male friendships attention things like that so whatever and, it, and it's not like it, one can't happen to one sex or the other it's just what it typically tends to fall into so unless you're completely immune already from that it's just you know have compassion wherever you're at on your sanctification journey whatever it takes for you to be pure even if it's a drastic fight even if you have to put layers of protection around you it's actually much more beneficial and you'll rise faster just by simple oh i feel fire all over my body right now by simple external discipline even that people in the outer courts use even when you're god inside minded and you're getting ready to go up on sapphire stones it is more noble and honorable to place all those external disciplines to protect you around you because you're just not getting 
you know, shitted on by demons constantly, and it helps. If you're not constantly covered in feces and urine from the sexual stimulation, and, you know, worse, there's worse things than that from the demons that I don't even want to mention right now. It's much better that you don't even touch it and avoid the temptation and pray lead me not into temptation than for you to get slimed by that and lose progress or delay time because every time the Lord showed me this, every time you give into a sexual temptation, uh, they have rights to steal finances. Uh, they delay your time. All kind, they can ruin your relationships. They cause separation. So it's it's so important. And then you can recover from those. But the point of having external discipline, or you've just made up your mind that sinning in this way and sinning in that way is just not an option for me anymore. It's just not an option. Whatever I have to do. I've got a friend I can call. I'm gonna shut my computer down. I'm gonna do I'm gonna get in the Bible and and, and burn it into my eyeballs. Whatever it takes, if you just make up your mind, that's not an option for me anymore. You can do that, and you can partner with the Holy Spirit. You can partner with God, because God wants to bring forth the pure bride. That power is going to come forth in purity, and we've already had a small taste. By grace, we've had a small taste of some of the things to come. A small taste of things to come. There's a couple of times where... Uh, for Brandon and I individually, even though miles apart, on different days, we looked outside our windows in the middle of the night, and it looked as bright as the midday. We've seen a physical portal open up to heaven, and then we've seen a physical portal manifesting with that blue and that purple swirling just in the morning, just there, just as clear as I can see any one of you in this place. We've seen weather control by the spoken word many, many times. Hurricanes canceled, rain stopped, sun caused to shine, temp and temperatures drastically increased. Now, it hasn't been consistent, but one of the things the Lord is saying is that as we walk on sapphire stones and we rise in purity, we rise in power, in grace, in love, in humility, and faith, hope, and love going up, those things are going to start to increase. I had a lunch one time with, with two friends, and I had my sunglasses on, but from behind my sunglasses, my friend, she started almost screaming, just yelling, your face is glowing, your face is glowing. It freaked me out so bad, I was terrified. I was, what do you mean it's glowing? Wait, what's happening? What do you mean? Just asking the same question over and over, the brain just, it's, gl I don't, it's glowing behind your glasses, the part that is glowing, light coming out. And I couldn't, the, the mind can't fathom, your face is glowing. We're just getting ready to have queso and tacos, you know. I'm freaking out. Don't want to look into a mirror. Don't want to look into my phone because I'm terrified that my face is glowing. <laughs> but it's there. God allows us to see some of these small tastes. Angels bringing physical objects multiple times through portals, through dimensions. There's a lot more coming. 
How is it going to come about? Not by chasing after another fad. Not by chasing after some revival in the sand somewhere. Not by maybe if I just trust the black sun. Maybe, it, well, if I just fast for 14 days. If I just do a, a do this. Or if I just do some kind of lazy thing. And that's not to say fasting is lazy. But that's the language of the black sun. Well, maybe I'll just do this. I'll just do a huge burst of a lot of Bible or fast, and then I'll be good. Then I won't have to live the daily disciplined life that God's asking me to live. This is about a long-term lifestyle change to where you become consistent daily, and then, of course, you'll have your times of fasting. You'll have your times where you have multiple hours to press in to something what God's given you to do. But it's not just a quick fix, microwave, easy, does it all I can just slack off most of the time and just do a big thing. God's looking for consistency in our hearts and our minds, consistent purity, consistent righteousness. You can look that up, look at that up in the book of Enoch. The consistently righteous. Look it up in the word of God. Righteousness, the righteous consistency. You are much better off daily living crucified with Christ and maintaining, hold, on, hold tight to what you already have. I'm not to go chasing. Some of the worst days I've ever had in Sapphire Stones was when I couldn't resist the temptation or I refused. It's not that I couldn't because I could. I, I, I didn't choose to refuse the knowledge that was higher than what I could handle. Oh, it looked good. Oh, I'm talking misters, things that I wouldn't even dare talk about on this show yet. That I wouldn't dare post about online. The things that I long to look into, you know? And then, bam, there it is. Oh, oh, I wanted to know the brain. I wanted, I wanted to know what is the mystery. And that faint whisper was almost inaudible to me. I almost couldn't even hear the voice of God because it was drowned out by my desire for that thing that was too high for me. It was so far beyond where I was, where I am. It wasn't time for me to look at that yet because what happens, if you look too far ahead of you in these realms, it will drive you crazy. And it just opened up. Oh, it's terrible. Those few times I've had days like that have been just the worst days on Sapphire Stones. It doesn't have to be like that. And I looked at the Lord like, why is this happening? And he looked at me, you know why. Oh, but I wanted to know. <laughs> it was so interesting. It was so fascinating. It's so mystical and wonderful. Yes, that's true. But I wasn't ready for that because your mind and spirit and your soul change as you go up and you get a new soul in the heights. And it takes a different kind of mind, a different kind of soul, a different kind of regeneration in your spirit to be able to have the capacity for that thought without you going into the sin. That's what happened with Adam and Eve. Why is it that that tree caused them to sin and the whole fall of man 
Yet in the book of Enoch, and one Enoch, when he says that that tree of, of great wisdom, we're talking the archangel speaking to Enoch, that this is the great the tree of great wisdom, which Adam and Eve, your father, ate from, and were kicked out of the garden. But he says it's it's reserved for the holy ones. The holy ones in the future will eat from it. So why is the dissonance? This is what the Lord showed me. When they were young saplings in the garden, that would kill them. There is information and knowledge and mysteries that could kill you. If you tried to eat... So I am like, let, let us be like King David. I don't consider those things that are too high for me right now. I rest in the living God. I'm like a content child and it's mother's bosom. I'm, I'm at rest. And so the daily word that God has for you, the daily word that God has for me, you resist the brain wanting to go after the knowledge and the information. Maybe if I just have that higher knowledge, then I'll have it. No. It's actually very common in the Jewish tradition of the wise men and the sages, the scribes, for many, many years. That when you start to study these realms, and you start to study Torah in a mystical way, they always give the example of the th three men going into this arena. And there are the three different outcomes that tend to happen when people go into this. And this is widely, this is common knowledge among Jewish sages and wise men. One of them, the first one, went in, he tried to go in and learn, and he died. The second one, he went in and he, he barely made it out, but he came back out alive, but he lost his mind, went crazy. The third one, he went in and he ascended, and he came back out unscathed, unharmed, and enlightened by the glory. So I want to give this warning and understand these are the high things of God and they must be treated with the fear of the Lord, awe, wonder, respect. If you can receive it like a little child, which means just what he gives you, where you're at for your level at that time, and you don't get greedy for knowledge, oh, God's withholding from me, I need to go get that knowledge. You're either going to end up like the person who went in and died, and that does happen. We've seen people die even over the last couple of years just trying to learn the higher things of God or the people who go and lose their minds but our hope for you is that better situation that better circumstance that you go into the things of God you learn righteousness you learn holiness in the narrow path you don't deviate left or right and if you do deviate quickly repent and stay there and refuse to abandon the apostleship of the red letter ministry of Jesus Christ. Because the reason why we're here giving you this word every day is to help you walk in it and stay in it and stay safe in it through obedience. That's why we're so firm in the way we teach because we desire your safety for you to have a sound mind, the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind, it is written. And for you to have a great time rising and getting to know your Father. That's why this work is the establishment of the highway of holiness. It's a great work right now. In the future, the spirit he showed me 
and it's been written, it'll be a highway of holiness. What does it mean, a highway where there's no wicked thing on it? It's going to be well established and much more understood so that even a person without much experience, young or old, they're going to be able to walk on it safely and ascend to the Father. But right now, we're dealing with enemies in the way. We're dealing with people and belief systems on the earth and the mind and the heart spirit, the body, to make straight the way. So when you hear a warning or word of instruction, understand that it is the Father's desire that you be perfect as He is perfect, and that you be safe under the shadow of his wings, that secret place of Psalm 91, for you to really be in it, and to never separate from it, that these young ones will be those who were born in Zion. Mm -hmm. Amen. Keep growing in your daily bread, that strict diet. If you want to get your certain goals, you have to have a certain diet. We learn that in the natural, amongst gym rats, and in the spiritual, amongst ascending sons of God. So the ascend offering was very specific. Moses introduced the ascension offering in the Exodus. Okay, there was a prescription in offerings. Before that, everyone just had their individual relationship with God and they brought any kind of offering they wanted. Moses, he, what he did was brought order to sacrifice. And so the mantling on my life is to bring order to the new covenant sacrifice. The new covenant sacrificial system will be brought into an order just like Moses did. We're going to do that in the years ahead. And it'll be understood as from God. It'll be very, 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 very plain. Very awesome. But the ascension sacrifice and the ascension offering was so large and so specific that it didn't even fit on God's prescribed altar. It was too big for the altar. It was too much. Which means there will be an overwhelming of the understanding of ascension when it comes in its true form in the New Covenant. That symbolism represents that the ascension offering through Christ is too much for you. It's too big for you. It will have to overwhelm you, just like it did the disciples. They said, who can hear this teaching? It's overwhelming. It's impossible. That's a step in learning. That the teaching, the ascension, what God requires of you, needs to overwhelm you. It needs to be too big for you. It has to be more than you can handle so that you can learn to put it into God's hands so that you understand this is God's ability working in you salvation. Each elevation should be bigger than you. If it's not, then you're not going to grow. If it's just within the constraints of the control of the human being, you will never grow as a Christian your entire life. You will be born again 
and get quickly bewitched and die a human being, having never accomplished God's purposes for your life. We don't wish that for anyone. We want to make the gospel bigger than you, overwhelming you, to consume you, so you yield to it and allow it to raise you up. The Bible says the gospel has its own power. It's an ascension offering. Jesus Christ is our ascension offering. He's our sin offering. If you study the Bible, he fulfills every type of altar and sacrifice of Moses. But what that looks like is very different, and honestly, you haven't seen it before. The fulfillment of the altar system of Moses is in spiritual realities mostly on sapphire stones. Mostly in the celestial realm. And you basically don't have any of it right now in Christianity. In the future, that will be the standard. The standard will be the fulfillment of the sacrificial system of Moses, not just with your doctrine and your brain. Jesus did it all so we don't kill animals anymore. You'll be raised from the dead with an understanding of how the fulfillment of that sacrifice happens through energy, power, light, garments, angels, dimensions, and the creative power of God pouring forth through you like a new heavens. Now, the new heavens is not just a space where you just live in a fluffy cloud. The new heavens is an ability. New heavens <laughs> is pouring forth new speech. A lot of times we think new heavens, we just go into a place we're wrapped in a fluffy cloud, although you so will. I'm like, well, that was my plans. Don't tell me that. <laughs> it's just not true. It's delusional. New heavens is new abilities. New heavens is new speech. As it's written, the heavens pour forth speech. Once, no, the Bible says continually. That continuous pouring forth of new heavens is the continuous pouring forth of the conduction of your bodies of the Word of God of today's bread. So ascension is a sacrifice of a different speech from God pouring forth through you. And if you learn to speak what God's speaking, you'll rise each day. If you disagree, you'll slip away. Any So what's the temptation of the evil one? To get you to disagree with today's manna. And they did. They grumbled in the wilderness. We're not agreeing with today's bread. Mm -hmm. And what happened? They all died. Mm -hmm. So you will die many times because you'll disagree. Because that's how stubborn the born-again believer is. They're stubborn. But there is a repentance unto life even in the midst of your pride where you learn from your mistakes, where I disagreed before. Now I understand I must agree with that higher bread. Otherwise, I'm dead. And you will taste the death of your own rebellion. You will taste the death of your own sins. You will taste the death of your own disobedience. You'll taste the death of your belief systems, of the human being, and repent, which means change your mind to agree with what God is saying today. Then he will grant you repentance. God will grant you repentance, and you will go into the higher realms of God that he's already prepared for you. What did Jesus prepare for us? Dwelling places in celestial realms, mm. mansions. Priests of Avila, seven interior mansions. So we say, oh, God's prepared for us Malibu, Bel Air. Malibu. All the mansions of Manhattan. Manhattan. Listen, if you don't have it in the celestial realm, you're disqualified from the natural realm. As it's written, your soul prosper so that you should prosper. So you have to prosper within in Christ. 
Otherwise, you're illegally, as a thief, prospering outside of Christ by the sweat of your brow, which is a worker of iniquity, a doer of your own thing. Prosperity is a gift of grace. Okay, Healing is the gift. The word is the gift. Everything's the gift. As it's written, every good and perfect gift comes down. How much? Every. The Bible says every. So it's all gifts from the Father. The issue is being a good steward of gifts. Yeah. All the gifts, thousands of gifts, pouring forth. Each word is a gift. The substance, the energy, the power, the might, the resurrection, all of it. Standing on this path, standing on this sapphire stone. It's a gift. The stone is a gift. The believer's rewards are gifts. As it's written, seek first the kingdom and all things shall be given or gifted unto you. And you must believe he's a rewarder, a gifter of those who diligently seek him to know him intimately in their own spirit. So there's fruit that comes out of knowing. Those are greater gifts, greater heights, greater branches, greater fruit. Against spiritual fruit, Galatians 5, there is no cap, law, or stop. You need to understand that because it's written in the word. When you start to get into the fruit bearing of the word of God in your spirit and each fruit that comes forth is greater light. So against this brightness, there is no cap. How bright do you want to be? It requires listening, walking, obeying, being overwhelmed by him, which is the fear of the Lord. What's the fear of the Lord? He is so overwhelming of who I am as a created creature. It's understanding the bigness of God and the smallness of you. The fear of the Lord is recognizing your smallness, but not that alone, because that won't do you any good if you just recognize you're a sinner. That won't even help you. It's part of the equation, but you also need to recognize his bigness upon you to raise you up into him, out of yourself and your self-ability, into himself and his ability each step of the way. The food of God is to become the overwhelming greatness of God through a temple of God. And you be the mediator between God in heaven and everything of the animals down on earth. And that's what the bride of Christ begins to walk in as she's clothed in God's light. She's clothed in the overwhelming greatness of the Father, mm. pouring forth through her different words, different attitudes, different actions, different ways she carries herself in the house, on the street, in the car, in the business, around friends, around family. She's being raised from the dead and it's beginning to show because God's nature is flowing through her like rivers of healing glory. Rivers Amen. Healing glory. <laughs> Clothed in grace. I saw like my futuristic, um, what do you call it? Futuristic garment of my spirit and I believe this is for everyone who's becoming the bride of Christ it was so glorious and the train of the dress went all the way like it was from the top all the way down into the earth and there was just so much and it was all that grace silver of his said that clothed in grace glory garments and it was sparkling it was like white but then it had like the silver of, and gemstones and it was just glittering like gemstones like stars and I saw the angels were lifting me up and like lifting in this crazy pattern like sapphire stones and I was like whoa this is the grace clothed in grace it's like a wedding garment 
but it also means compassion. Just compassion, compassion, clothed in compassion, and that compassion flowing down into the earth that saves. And then I saw, and then I saw something else in the heavens, because most people don't believe the word. I would, I saw in my dream that n no one hardly believed the word of what was invisible, because they can't see the invisible. If they could see, they would just look and they would see it's the truth, but they didn't. And there's not a whole lot of convincing except for the remnant. And then I looked and I saw a strange woman lifted up, different than the bride. And I thought, her garment looks like mine except it was a different color. Now it was gold and at first, at first glance it looked pretty, but I saw that the gold meant judgment. And I could see that all her power came through that portal to hell of the hand of the enemy, that Gevra opening through hell. And I thought, oh, this is the judgment coming upon the Whore of Babylon because she used to be a believer. And I thought she would have been growing up into the Bride of Christ, but she was lifted up not by angels, but by humans. They used technology instead of the grace of God to fly. Like the angels, they fly because of the grace of God, right? So instead of like the bride being lifted up, it was a strange woman who I thought, didn't she come from the house of God? When I saw her, she must not be like her sister and her mother anymore. But she was lifted up and her face turned haughty and evil and just wicked. And using technology, humans lifted her up. Technology and money and lifting her up and, and she grew more and more haughty the more she was lifted up she despised anyone she would have previously called family and i thought this must be the false bride self-promotion the, the the pattern was the same and i said oh at first i was excited because i thought oh maybe someone's rising and it was wicked it was wickedness at first i thought it was like this one oh they're gonna rise like we're rising oh, but she didn't it was wickedness and it was evil, and I thought, this is the enemy. This is their, this is the bride of Satan. And after seeing that, she became greedy and she banished the young girl, which I knew the young, the young girl would grow up to be the true bride of Christ. And so I followed her and her mother to see where they would go, and they stayed. Come out of her. Yeah. Come out of her. Yep, so they left her house, which had a, it was nice, you know, they had nice houses and things. And they were banished from there, but they didn't mind because they saw she'd change and they didn't want to be a part of her anymore. The true bride comes out of the false. The divine comes out of the human. So I decided to follow them and protect them just in case any, you know, anything would come out of that portal of hell to attack them. So I followed them to make sure they would have a safe dwelling. It was their grandmother. They went to their grandmother's house and it was all that wood, like the cross. And they found a nice little apartment. It was very small. But what was interesting, I followed them inside to see it was expensive old furniture in there. But the one thing, even while they were hiding from the enemy in this place, still somehow I could see that dark colored wood on the inside in the form and the shape of a red dragon whose tail came all the way down from the top to his head all the way right above them. You're not going to sleep well in here like this. I saw that red colored wood was posted at the four corners of the ceiling that went up 
like the shape of a like a like a triangle, like a like a turret like that. His tail reached the top, and the four corners of the heaven had his color. They were, you know, essentially his. Always looking down on them, having that territory above their heads. But I looked and I saw that it was disarmed. And so I reached my hand up to test this red dragon. And I grabbed its face, like his head, with my hand. And as soon as I touched it, his tail broke away from the ceiling. And I held it there because if it came crashing down, I thought they would get hurt. <laughs> That's the scripture God gave me today. Leviticus 1.16, cut off the tail. And I thought, really? That was it? It was just this? And so I said, you know, you're going to have to choose. I detached this. You'll have to choose now what you want to do with it. Do you want to keep it? Or do you want me to throw it away? And I, I don't know why I said that to them, but I understood that it wasn't going to harm me, but they had to choose if they wanted to live with it or if they were going to let me throw it away. Because it was their house. I didn't live there. Anyway. That was a good dream. As John Paul Jackson said, that was a good dream. Wonderful. Great wisdom today. Bless all of you. Mm -hmm. A special diet for a special people set apart for God. To be God's own children. Just like Daniel in Babylon. He had a special diet, didn't he? Yeah, he did. It never been done before. No one had ever seen it. You'd never heard of a Daniel fast. He invented it out of his relationship with God. So this is a, it's a special diet you're on. The sons of God have a special food. And a lot of people will mock you and ridicule mm -hmm. you and call you religious, legalistic. But when you're in special training to become special forces, mm -hmm. to have special divine ability in a special realm that's never been conquered before, mm -hmm. the cosmos, the second heavens... It will require a special diet. Mm -hmm. Our job, Rebecca and I, is to produce a table of that food for you. And mm -hmm. so we spend all day studying, all day learning mm -hmm. with the angels and in heaven and in different experiences mm -hmm. to prepare a table for you so that you guys can feast on a special diet and come into the realms that God has prepared for you to dwell in forever. In your divine ability, in your divine nature, removing all the lower nature off of your spirit man and maturing your spirit man into the heavenly places to be the heavenly Israel, the celestial Israel, the 12 tribes of the book of Revelation. Then we'll have the government of God ruling over the earth in power, dominion, authority, might, honor, riches, and glory, which will be the bride of Christ. Bride of Christ is what? The true queen of heaven. Horror Babylon right now that hasn't been completely obliterated is false bride of heaven. False bride. And it'll be a great revealing, a great pruning. It'll be a good thing. It's wonderful. Judgment is always more of God and less of Satan. Always. From Genesis to Revelation, every time God brought judgment, it was cleansing, clearing, clarity greater glory, greater light, greater knowledge, wisdom, God revealing himself and all the counterfeits getting burnt up. So it's going to be wonderful. 
a time of shaking where everything can be shaken. So what cannot be shaken? The Word of God to be fully formed in us, through us, and all around us as God's own people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And remember, you're not a gym rat. You're a gym butterfly. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. You'd like to bring a, a sacrificial offering as it is written in Exodus. Let no one stand before me empty-handed. You have something to give today. We've given you everything from heaven. Is it anything to reap from you material benefits? It is written in Scripture. The Apostle Paul says, We have done priceless ministry in your midst of eternal things. Is it anything that we reap from you material benefits to buy these microphones, these audio interfaces, all the, the things that we do to expand this apostolic ministry? Support your priests, bring the tithe and the offering into the priesthood temple, that my storehouses be overflowing for what? The works that God wants to do through his sent chosen apostles. In Jesus' name, you can click the links in the description. Bless you guys as you give. Give unto the Lord and not to man, and God will bless you out of his increase in heaven abundantly more than anything you could expect, imagine, or pray for by your cheerful giving in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.